Hey, Jordan. Yeah, Doug? You're a big Resident Evil fan, right? I like to think so some days, yeah. Have you seen the new movie? What, what's it called? Uh, uh, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City? Not yet. Well, neither have I. Let's go do that now. All right, sounds good. of the podcast and welcome back to inconceivable media i'm doug and i'm jordan <laughs> welcome back welcome back it's good to have you here again for another halloween episode yeah it's nice to be back and today both jordan and i got to uh, experience the oh how would you describe it jordan uh entertainingly schlocky ah uh, yes that is Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, for anyone who are not huge video game nerds like us, this was a oh, very recent. Uh, 2021 is when this movie came out. And you said that you were telling me that you almost had a chance to see this in theaters? Well, not almost. I did have a chance. I just missed it. Um <sighs> Because 2021, I was still living in Japan, and when I was living in Japan, the, one of the main stations I lived nearby had a theater. And I saw the posters for it, and then when I had a free day to go and see it, the run had already wrapped up. Oh, man. Oh, well, how, how quick was that? That must have only been maybe like a couple weeks or something. I think it was only two or three weeks, yeah. Wow, that is not a very long time that this was in theaters. I mean... Oh, wow. Actually, looking at it, it's it wasn't a bomb, surprisingly enough. Yeah. <laughs> a $25 million budget, and it brought back $42 million in the box office receipts. You know what? All things considered, that is not horrible for a movie like this. Yeah. Jordan, did you enjoy this? Absolutely. I enjoyed it a whole lot. Once I accepted and came to terms with the fact that no this is not going to be we're taking the video game and making it a movie we're going to do our own thing there's going to be a bunch of things that fans of the series are going to be able to see and have fun with but we're going to change things up there's going to be things that are going to be different because if it's we're going to you might as well just watch a let's play if we're just going to do the video games as a movie hmm so seeing, you know what? Fine. We're going to we're going to see a whole lot of the key beats. They're going to be remixed and there's going to be things that are going to be different. And once you let go of that, it has to be the video game. It's really fun. I mean, I definitely heard other big fans talking about this in the previous over the past couple of years and I definitely got a varying amount of opinions. Most people, I think, seem to think it was good for what it is. 
But then there were still a bunch of people that had a lot of hangups over why did they change this and why did they change that and why did they change that? And I'm just sitting here going, uh, honestly, you can't get much further from the overall plot of the games from the original uh, movie series with Mia Jovovich as a complete uh, original character, Do Not Steal. Yeah. <laughs> But even still, a lot of the charm of the original live-action movie series, at least the first one, was that, okay, we take some of these key beats and we're going to do something that's a little different. And, I mean, we look at Resident Evil 4 and the original live-action was so well-received in some ways that it gave us Leon's wonderful laser hallway cameo. Mm-hmm. And then they... And then they continued passing the torch back and forth because they did that in uh, I think it was the fourth or the fifth Resident Evil movie they did that by taking the wonderful Matrix scene from Resident Evil 5 with Wesker and they put that right into the film as well I don't uh, I remember I remember watching that one and thinking I understand what they're doing they do not have the budget to like really make it not look super lame and tacky. <laughs> but anyways, enough about the <laughs> the the old the movies. old live action ones. <laughs> Back to Welcome to Raccoon City. Yeah, so I mean, we're 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 just going to like jump right into spoilers as it is. So, Welcome to Raccoon City is a bridging of Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2 as far as plot goes. So the important people we have, uh, we have the two Redfield siblings, Claire and Chris. Uh, Claire is portrayed by Kaya Scodelario, and Chris is portrayed by Robbie Amell. Hey, I was right. It is Steve's brother. Yeah. And of course, alongside them, we have, well, I don't know if I'd necessarily say supporters. They are still pretty important. We have uh, Hannah John Common as Jill Valentine and Avan jo- Yogia as Leon Kennedy. And then we have Tom Hopper as Albert Wesker. And those are important people as far as video game characters go, I'd say. We still do have Donald Logue as Chief Irons, Neil McDonough as William Birkin in a very, very different reimagining of that character. Oh, right. And Lily Gao shows up as Ada Wong <laughs> for like a minute. Yes. For our Marvel post credit scene. They, I, I, I really do get the feeling that they thought they were going to keep making more of these. Especially with all the call forwards that they were doing. They had the freaking... They had... <laughs> They had Alexia and Alfred Ashford in there, yeah. and I swear they must have just taken the footage from the video game and then just really badly spliced Neil McDonough in there at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of um, of all of our uh, our leads here? Did you think that there was anyone who, I don't know, didn't like fit in necessarily? Or did they all understand what they were hired for? I think that ultimately all of the actors knew the kind of movie that they were getting into. And I don't think they overacted or undersold anything uh, 
they didn't try and do things that didn't match with the tone of the movie. I think everyone did well with the writing that they were given. Obviously, some <laughs> characters will feel a little flatter just because you've got an hour and 40 minutes or so. Something like that, yeah. You've got an hour and 40 minutes and you've got a lot of, well, plot might be a generous word, but you've got a lot to cover. <laughs> and only so many characters are going to get the development that they need. And you'll be surprised at where they decide to put some of that, maybe. Because... I think the only characters that have huge divergences from the game is... I mean, Claire and Chris have this weird connection to the orphanage, which is very much taken from the 2019 uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, because that wasn't there in the original one. Um, but then Birkin and Wesker are very... Differently very, developed. Yeah. Um, and Irons is just significantly less of a creep. creep. Which is okay. You know what? I mean, he still doesn't make it, so whatever. He's still not a good guy. He's just not as much of a bad guy this time. Which, again, is okay. I mean, they, uh, they also seem to have made an interesting choice. Again, maybe they just did this for the sake of time, where Annette uh, does not appear to be... Involved uh, in anything at all. Or at the very least, even being uh, William's partner in crime right there researching next to him. Nope, nope, she's just the mom. <laughs> because Sherry has to come from somewhere, and if we're going to hypothetically have the series continue, we got to hit the plot beat of Sherry Birkin. Well, yes. And uh, that's all you need to know about what happens with Sherry, because that's all that happens with Sherry. She's <laughs> there. Yeah, I kind of feel that... I, in some ways, I think if they were trying to have more plot hooks for further movies, I, I almost feel that they would have maybe benefited from having even an extra 10 minutes of runtime or something to try to get a little bit more development on that. Because most of this was spent doing stuff in the mansion, if we're being completely honest. I mean, sure, there's all this stuff happening in Raccoon City where Leon and Claire are running around the precinct and things like that. But that's it. They don't really do a lot of plot stuff there. But to be fair, also, this movie, like the Resident Evil games, has to really walk <laughs> a fine line of being entertaining and having plot. And let's not get too caught up in all of the plot stuff because the overall cinematography the scenes that they do the amount of oh, effort man. that we the amount of effort that we saw with them going forward to recreate so certain scenes, scenes certain locations to make it look distinct but still you know that spot mm -hmm. oh they're doing this scene right now was really good there's tons of tiny little visual things for people to watch for if they're a big fan of the series they do the classic from Resident Evil 1, and then the head turning. They, oh, man, that was they, great. They do, there's a lot of things that show that they really care about the series and that they're making their own little version of it. 
And we can't get too caught up in the fact that if this was almost a two-hour movie, it would drag a lot more. For an hour and 40, 45 minutes, the pacing is well done. It's entertaining. It keeps you engaged. And we can't get too wrapped up in all of the plot stuff because it's still supposed to be a fun, action-y horror movie. That's true. I mean, even then... The only thing that I would think of is with the extra 10 minutes is perhaps doing something with William is a G mutation. And while while he's still conscious after he's first started mutating, he has this big showdown with Chris because, you know, he raised him, raised him. At the orphanage. Yeah. But I, I almost sit there that if they wanted to spread that out a little bit more that we could have had something where all of a sudden he like after he dies the first time and then he comes back that he would start looking for sherry because now oh he's lost less of himself and now he just needs to breed and well sherry's around and that would give something to at least still kind of include her yeah it's a small thing right you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a deleted scene or something like that that had something to that effect in it. I mean, it's not a huge loss because, again, I feel that the people that this was made for are people that know the game so well that, like, if anything, they're just going to be making nitpicks like I am, which is just, oh, it's too bad that they couldn't do this because I, that was something I liked from the game. Yeah, if you were going into it with less of an idea of like what's going on it's still going to be entertaining and i think also not having all of that information there i mean now we've got all the internet in our pockets like <laughs> if people really like it and they really care they can find stuff pretty quickly and it's not going to be so much just information vomit in a movie that's supposed to be fun that's true and i mean as far as these kinds of um horror movies go i mean i don't know i i sit there and i think to myself i have watched you know schlocky movies before and i feel that this one actually stands a little above it and i think part of that also is because of the pedigree of the series that it's coming from especially over the oh wow 25 years Oh no, we're 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 approaching thirty years since uh, Resident Evil One first came out. Wow. <laughs> um, but I mean, if you were to compare this to, uh, I guess for a quick thing that we've done on this uh, on our podcast before, if we compare it to something like Dead and Breakfast, you know, there's. They are similar in terms of schlock and silliness, just no, turn your brain off. You don't need to think too hard about this sort of thing. But because of, especially within the past, let's say, mm, six years, um, the Resident Evil game series has just kind of like shot up in terms of like going back and recreating uh, the original PS1 titles and just crafting them in such a way that if you are going to make a film, like you kind of have to have 
that much love as well, which we definitely get in all of the callbacks and the set design and things like that. So many Easter eggs. It's a lot of fun to just, for us, while we're watching, see these kinds of things. Um, and at the same time, like, they don't detract too much for someone who's going to be a casual viewer. They work about as well as they do in the games, especially when you have things like when the liquor shows up or when, like you were talking about, when they do the head turn for when they're in the mansion and they come across a zombie, an actual turned zombie at this point, chowing down on a, on a, on a stars member, those things, they are like taken straight out of the games. And those were the things that stick in a lot of people's in like the fan base's collective memory, because those were the, those were the good moments. Those were the big, huge, like, oh my God scenes. And they fit in the movie Mm -hmm. really, really well. The only thing that they didn't do is that they didn't do the the dogs bursting through the window. I was quite surprised that they didn't do that. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> like the they thing. walked through the hallway and everything, and I'm just like, oh, this is the this is it. This they're they're gonna. <laughs> and they didn't do that one. That's because all the dogs were in the city. That's true. That's true. We didn't do anything outside either, so it wouldn't have made as much sense. And that's one thing that I really appreciated is that there's still gonna be plenty of schlocky horror movie logic questions where it's like where did all of the zombies suddenly come from in the mansion (laughs) like they're walking around and there's no one around then all all of of a sudden sudden, there's 20 zombies barreling down the hallway yep where did they all come from classic horror movie question don't worry about it but they do have (laughs) still some logical consistency in some things like why weren't there any dogs at the mansion because there are no dogs there weren't any dogs there We did see dogs in the city because that makes a little bit more sense. And Mm -hmm. I do also really appreciate the, even right away from the very beginning, they start, like Doug mentioned, really showing their care and their appreciation even for the remakes. Because this one came out in 2021, Mm -hmm. which would be two years after the Resident Evil 2 remake came out. And they open up just about exactly the same way that the Resident Evil 2 remake opens up. Yes. Right down to the cheeseburger. <laughs> the, um, they, the, the amazing thing with that is, like, in terms of casting, um, oh, who was it? So Pat Thornton, who was the truck driver. Um, great like, job. Yeah. I mean, for a character who is only, oh, what? That scene lasts, like, what, maybe two or three minutes in the game? In yeah. that intro and maybe like, maybe not even that much and we see the trucker himself for like 20 seconds tops <laughs> yeah and but here but i mean here in the movie i mean he, he he's got a lot of time so, and you know honestly he did he did he did well with it for something that yeah basically is just like this is just to show off uh, a reason why they're uh, why the two characters get separated in a game, <laughs> and even right away, like it, that shows we're looking at the new series, the remakes. We see the original, and then right away when they give us this overview of Raccoon City, they're also showing that oh no, 
This is also not quite the same one if you're thinking of Nemesis and such. Right. Like this is not the exact same Raccoon City right off the bat, which helps ease us into that there's going to be some different things for people who are big fans of the series, while also using lots of good visual shorthand for people who maybe aren't big fans of the series, who don't know about it so much, they're like, oh, this is the kind of <laughs> small, like, oh, Resident Evil Raccoon City has always been Appalachia nowhere. Like, yeah. That kind of, this could have been a big, mi- this could have been a big mining town Slash small point. city, yeah. only instead of being sponsored by King Cole, it's sponsored by Umbrella. Umbrella. And just like when King Cole packs up and moves out of town, Umbrella's packing up and moving out of town here. And wah, wah. Now that is one interesting thing that I've, I mean, so they talk about this when they're doing like the, the, the brief little text overlay and just saying that Umbrella's leaving and the town is slowly dying also a classic video game call out right there i mean the interesting thing that i find about that is that that too is already a pretty big departure from how it is because in the game continuity umbrella is you know a multinational pharmaceutical company just doing things all over the place sure it started in raccoon and, and raccoon up raccoon yep yep and but raccoon city only really dies when they have that outbreak and even then that's only over a course of like it takes, uh, it, it takes like a, a couple weeks or something like that, I think. From the Spencer Mansion incident to... The- well, that's a couple months. But once the once it gets into the city, it's like within three weeks or something like that. If I remember the stuff from uh, Resident Evil 3. A little bit less than that. But yeah, because Jill goes out for like a couple days over the course of Resident Evil 3. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the other thing is... The timeline is much more accelerated in this movie. Yeah. But they're doing different things as well because it, like, there's this whole, you know, there's a poison in the water sort of thing kind of uh, going into other things that have happened to in, in, in Middle America over the years as well where there have been issues like this, except it's not pharmaceutical companies experimenting on a population of, 25,000 people and instead it's just mm, uh, chemical industries just not really caring whatsoever or 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 institutional racism in other places yeah (laughs) um but one of the things that I really did appreciate is that they actually take a little bit of time in this movie to go out of their way and give a little bit of plausible reason as to why it is that no one at RPD is infected. How come they don't get sick? Because they work directly for Umbrella, and they probably got a little shot of something-something as a part of their work obligations, because they're cops. you got to be up to date on your vaxes. Yeah, well, they work for the company, right? And the company needs to at least somewhat make sure that they're not going to turn against them, or uh, turn into something that will turn against them. But that is something, I mean, talking earlier about how they didn't do the, 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 the jump scare with the dogs breaking through the window because there are no dogs around the mansion. 
And that made me cue, clue in uh, how they are only really experimenting on people in the, in the film. Like all the stuff with the orphanage and everything, they are only ever working with people. It just so happens that the T-virus can be spread into any other fauna. So the dog goes and licks up some infected blood and it turns the birds probably similar things happening to them because crows are carrying feeders as well mm -hmm. yep so the only reason why they are having those in the first place is because they just happen to come into contact with things that are infected they are not doing animal experimentation this time just an interesting choice but i kind of like it you know for for brevity's sake right for condensing everything and they do leave plenty of stuff that, like, for people who don't know the video games, like, what the hell is that? Like, what is Lisa Trevor? What the hell is all of that nonsense? Why is she so fucked up looking? And what is that thing that killed Chief Irons? Where did that come from? What's going on? Because <laughs> if we're going to go back to the original live action ones, Oh, then we have the Red Queen, and she gives the nice little explanation. Oh, yes, right. Oh, where does, where does a liquor come from? Whereas in this one, it's just kind of, what the hell was that, and why is it in the orphanage, and oh my god! And there's only one of them, and it's dead now, thank goodness. Do they have liquors in the first movie? Yes, they do! I don't remember that. Um, I mean, I remember a lot of things from the first movie, but I don't remember the liquor. Because the liquor tongue cuts What's-His-Name, who they then take away, and he becomes Nemesis for the next movie. Oh! Oh! Okay, alright. Now right. you remember? Yes, now I'm remembering. Okay. And right. I really do like the look of the liquor in this movie, actually. They did a really good job, I think, of the movements and stuff, and it gets a lot of really solid screen time, mm -hmm. which makes it pretty scary. Um, Not enough time for our characters to figure out that it has no eyes and therefore cannot see. But that doesn't matter. It's there to exist. To, in the movie, it exists to scare you, and it does that pretty well, and then it lets us... It also gives... The fans of the movie like, oh, no, no, the liquor's up against Lisa. Oh, poor liquor. It's screwed. <laughs> um, but for people who don't know the movie, that's going to be a real, who don't know the series, that's going to be a real big, what the hell was all of that? And why? Uh, uh, uh. Which, if they're going to keep, if they did keep making movies, would be something they could possibly expand upon. Or mm -hmm. it's also just like, for marketing and promotion reasons, hey, play the video game if you want to know more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, another interesting thing that I feel when it comes to um, some of uh, the more out there stuff, like Lisa Trevor's whole deal, um, it kind of reminds me of the fact that even in the games themselves, or at the very least the original games you didn't actually get your plot from playing through the game. You got it from reading all of the files. Now, they still have that in the remakes, but they expand their cutscenes a lot. And so there's a lot more exposition and there's a lot more plot that happens while you're playing the game, which was not the way it was originally. You didn't know who the heck Lisa was in the, well, the... The GameCube, the, the GameCube remake of Resident Evil 1, where she came from, you only really figured out what her deal was is if you found all the files and read all of them. 
And speaking of exposition, it's also, yeah, really nice how it is a little bit more like the video games. And there's really only one right near the beginning where Leon <laughs> walks in. There's only really one moment where it's like, holy, this is an exposition scene. Well, and, and, it then, was, and it was short, too, because then the chief's like, why are you here and why am I telling you this? Get back to your post, rookie. Which is really nice. Kind of a little bit of self-referential humor in there. Um, yeah, like, all in all, it is a really good, schlocky, fun movie. Uh, especially if you're the kind of person who enjoys, like, kind of deconstructing things we were both having fun riffing on it as it was going on a little bit of our own mystery science theater 3000 um but we were still entertained yeah so you know all in good fun obviously this is not going to be super intellectually stimulating it's going to be it is really i think it would still be fun if you didn't know a whole lot there'd be obviously a whole lot more what the hell was that moments but at the same time, I also feel like if you're watching this movie, you're at least a casual fan. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're the person who has some interest in it and then is going to be looking stuff up and possibly getting more into the games anyways. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I mean, seeing as how it's been a couple years since the since this came out, I'm curious what has happened since then. Uh, according to Wikipedia, um, just this year, it would appear that um, Raccoon HG Film Productions, they're, they're the ones that, they're the money people for this movie, received a grant of 2 million Canadian from the Northern Ontario Heritage Fund Corporation for the production of a film titled Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles. Oh boy. <laughs> There's a lot of things that they could cover with a title like that. Yeah. <laughs> I also appreciate that they just like went straight up and took a, a video game name. Yes. What was that? <laughs> On Rails Nintendo Wii shooter? Yeah, let's use that title. I'm curious what what they would cover with that. I mean, they have a lot of options, really. I mean, they, they gave us a brief little possible hunk cameo in the film. Yep. I mean, again, Ada showed showed up and brought Wesker back to life. Because that's uh, what happens in this one. <laughs> yes. I mean, so, so do you think Wesker is necessarily a bad guy? Or do you think that he is going to be just sort of like an anti-hero? Honestly, I don't know. And that's what... I'd be really excited about if they did continue developing this to see, oh, well, now what's Wesker doing? Because he's not your, he's not our cartoonish villain now. Uh, he doesn't even put on sunglasses until his, ca until the post-credits cameo scene. And we didn't get to see if he has cat eyes or not. <laughs> but, like, it was interesting seeing how a lot of the characterizations changed. And if they continue developing this, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I... I would have... I think I would have actually enjoyed seeing this in a theater. Oh, I, me too. I mean... Especially the... As far as the sets and things mm -hmm. like that goes, I think it would have been worth it just for that. And especially a lot of the scenes that they film in the mansion, in the mm. tight hallways, 
a lot of those scenes would have been really great to see on the big silver screen. Yeah, because then you'd really get that 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 feeling of uh, a claustroph- that claustrophobic feeling. Yeah, um, they do. Once again, I'm actually really impressed. I was really happy. I really enjoyed a lot of the kind of fight scenes. They were shot really tightly. The editing was really well done. The pacing was really good too. Especially, I imagine, if I was in a theater, I would have gotten so much more involved and pulled in to the scene. They even do a little bit of fun kind of first-person filming, which Uh, was unexpected, but was also really, really great for where they put it in the movie. Mm -hmm. It really pulls you on your seeing how dark, how isolated everything is while there's this frantic fight for survival going on and really amp the tension up, which, like, there's some really good cinematography, I think, um, for this kind of a movie. (laughs) All things considered, right? Um, Like, some really well-done action scenes. Um, It's not, you know, this isn't the same as watching the, what the heck was it, the Dawn of the Dead remake I think, yeah, I think Dawn of the Dead was what it was called. But then again, this also doesn't have the budget uh, that, that a movie like that would have. Yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that I, I'm, honestly su- I'm honestly surprised how much money this did have. I was like, wow, that's actually like feels like a pretty high budget for a movie like this. Yeah. The cow. <laughs> Oh yeah, and there's also some <laughs> some good comedy, some good visual comedy where to to lighten the mood at the very end. I don't know if they meant for that to be so hilarious, but it it was. It sure was. We, we, <laughs> if if you've played a Resident Evil game, you all know five minutes until destruction, and then oh, here's the moment. Oh, what's that cow doing? Oh no. Oh no, you poor cow! You didn't ask for any of this to happen to you. I I kind of like that too. Where again, it kind of shows that um, Raccoon City isn't really a developed town in the way it is in the video game continuity. Where it it seen like in the video games, they call it a small town, and it's probably got like maybe around. 100,000 people based off of all the infrastructure that they have in it. But then in this one, it's like, yeah, this is probably like Red Deer sized from the 90s. So 15, 20,000 people. So they're showing farms when they're doing the whole big explosion because a nuke got dropped. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, like you play the video, the video games, like there are two trams, and, yeah, there's... Like two and three near the end you're looking it's like no Giant this is like hospitals. a this is a developed big city mm-hmm. <laughs> from water first... treatment plants so many things <laughs> look at the size of some of those buildings yeah yes yes the fact that they have skyscrapers like at all <laughs> whereas yeah this in this one they're really showing that this is this is a this is a city for the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Which is exactly what would make sense for a especially evil if it's pharmaceutical like, company. Well, especially if it's if they seem to be using as more of like a, a 
an experiment place as well. So, you know, it's relatively cut off in that way. It almost gives me Silent Hill vibes in a way. Especially the nurse's uniform from the orphanage. That was a that was a very interesting choice. Yeah. The 80s were not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's like something that would be more appropriate if you were doing it from like the 50s or the 60s or something like that. Which, if we were going with Lisa first getting experimented on or something like that, then that would... Oh man, I just felt myself get a little freaked out there considering that Lisa's the name of the nurse in Silent Hill. There's Lisa Garland and then there's Lisa Trevor. Two different Lisas. I know, I know, but... I don't know, maybe, maybe that nurse is just wearing her uniform from when she was working there when they started working on Lisa God. Trevor. Or there was another girl there by the name of... Uh, what was her? What? Alessa Gillespie? Alessa, yes. I was about to say Alyssa and I was like... I was very close. Yeah. <laughs> so with all that said, Jordan, would you recommend this movie? Absolutely, I would recommend this movie. Just don't go in there expecting it to be a masterpiece or a let's play of the video game. Go in there expecting to see plenty of call-outs and Easter eggs for fans of the series. But just going expecting it's going to be a little bit of a ride. It's an hour and 40, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. The pacing is generally good. The characters are, I mean, it's a schlocky movie. They're, they're relying a lot on, okay, some stereotypes and subverting them a little bit to make it interesting. The characters aren't going to be exactly what they are in the video games. Mm -hmm. You have to go in with expectations to be surprised to not get exactly what you're expecting. But if you just go in looking to catch the Easter eggs, watch some silly zombie action, see a cow fly away at the end of the movie, <laughs> you're going to be really happy. Yeah, I think uh, Johannes Roberts, he, he gave us a good movie. That's who, that's our director. That's our person that we have to thank for bringing this into the world. And who seems to have high hopes for doing more. And you know what? If, 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 if any uh, sequels are going to be kind of at the same level as this, then I, I, think we're in for, I think we're in for a good time, honestly. Yeah. I don't think you could really do the, the Resident Evil series any better as far as live action goes. If you want it to be more like what the games are, well, Capcom's already taking care of that. You can go watch the CG movies. Yeah, and <laughs> if you're going to rage about the fact that, oh, the costumes aren't exactly the same. Oh, they were really darn close. <laughs> they were is... surprisingly accurate in some places. Go into the movie expecting this to be a love letter by a fan of the series who wants to make his own version of it. Mm -hmm. Don't go in expecting someone who's going to reproduce exactly what you thought the video games would be like, because that's not going to be possible, and just go and play the video game then instead, you <laughs> dork. <laughs> I think that's a good place to leave off there. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining me, Jordan. I, I'm going to try to get you in sometime that is not Halloween. All right. I always enjoy being out here and 
whenever works, whenever works. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if uh, if Miles has to keep working out of town for extended periods, I guess I'm going to have to figure out something to do when he's away. Well, I'm usually around now, so whenever you need me, just let me know and I'll see what I can do. <laughs> All right, well, that's this episode. That's, that's a wrap. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>